Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guests' big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. I'm Annie. And we're joined today with Jenny Shea, who is the vice president of Homes and Villas by Marriott. Jenny, it is such a pleasure and honor to have you on the show today. I'm excited to be here, ladies. Thank you so much for indulging us. We've been a big fan of yours, and we got to see you last year at the Women's Conference, and you just you did a phenomenal job. And so we kind of put you in our our, our Rolodex of people that we wanted to have on. So it's been a long time coming because you're a very, very busy woman. <laughs> There's a lot happening when you have a startup. And so I'm excited to finally be here and spend some time with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's probably a good way to to start it. Um, let, let's let's look a little bit back at your history. If you can just tell our listeners about um, what your career has been. I know you've been in Marriott for a long time before Homes and yeah. Villas, but and, and Annette, it, now it is more like a startup and a grown-up organization. But uh, tell us a little bit about your past and how you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, really good question. Well, um, Marriott is the longest company tenure I've had at any company. So I've been at Marriott for 13 years, um, but maybe I'll go back a little bit further. And so sure. um, yeah. very early on in my career, I was trying to figure out like, what is it that I wanted to do and wanted to be? Um, and I worked in a small consulting firm for a little while and realized like I loved business. I loved how things work. I loved um, people. Um, and that prompted me to go to uh, business school. After business school, I knew I wanted to learn as much as I could about everything. Um, but my passion was really around customers. Um, I really love thinking about like, why does a person choose what they choose? What um, drives people to make certain decisions? What makes them happy? What brings them joy? Um, and all in the context of business. So I joined management consulting and I worked at Deloitte in strategy and operations for a few years. Um, and then I made the move into Target Corporation. So for your U.S. listeners, also known as Target, um, <laughs> and I did work in strategy and innovation. And that was really like when we were when I was at Target, we were looking at really great questions, because if you love thinking about customers, you love thinking about, OK, well, what makes this particular customer buy this type of bleach versus that type of bleach or what's a great strategy to get that? mom with two young kids to come into our store and to stay in our stores. And the answer was fashion. Um, and so we would think about problems like, should Target enter food and grocery? How do we create a beauty section that resonates for our diverse um, customers? And so I was really there thinking about ways to create new programs, ways to grow the business. Um, and I loved that part of it. And so um, my husband works at the federal government. And while we were in Minneapolis, he had an opportunity to come back to the D.C. area. And I started to look in the D.C. area to say, you know, what are the customer focused companies there where I could take what I loved, which was thinking about people, 
and helping them kind of whether it's like their day-to-day lives improve it through what they buy at a retail store or something deeper. And um, Marriott came to the top of my list. Um, it was one of the few hotel companies here at the time. It's grown, this area has grown quite a bit for hospitality now with Hilton and um, Choice up here. Um, but at the time, Marriott was really the biggest and best player. And so I remember going into Marriott and interviewing for a couple opportunities. And there was one um, in retail doing work at, at that time, this is 13 years ago, uh, retail stores within our hotels. Um, and then there was another opportunity that was really interesting. And um, they were telling me at that time, it's a new division that we're starting. And we brought together the most creative people in the company. And it's going to be called Creative Operations. And I thought... <laughs> Hmm, that sounds weird because <laughs> it's like an yeah, oxymoron, right? Operations normally yeah, exactly, <laughs> Alex. That's what I thought yeah. too. And I thought this seems really interesting. <laughs> hmm. um, but they were really interested in my experience in innovation and creating new programs at Target. And so um, I said, you know what? Let me go there because that feels like I have the ability to grow and do many things mm-hmm. um, within hotels, not just staying within a retail lane. Um, And so I joined the team and that team evolved over the course of, you know, 13 years to become um, really focused on corporate innovation. Uh, In my last kind of prior to to leading Humps and Villas, I led the enterprise innovation function for the company. Um, And we were really tasked with innovation, big, medium and small. And I remember, you know, my very early days there, we were doing everything from brainstorming names for our newest and latest brands. And so if anyone's a Bond Boy member, you'll know the autograph collection. Yeah. Um, And so I think it was like my first month there. I sat in a room and they're like, we've got this new brand. Let's think of a name for it. And so we would start brainstorming it to visioning what's the future of the meeting experience for the company. What should the future of wellness be? We just entered all-inclusive. So my team led a lot of the experience design around what does that experience look like when you're at a Ritz-Carlton versus when you're at a a Delta hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, one of the innovations that emerged um, out of my time there was Homes and Villas. And so, you know, being... um, in the world of innovation, my job was to oftentimes look at the future. What is it that customers are doing? What are they buying? What's changing? And we saw the sharing economy really take off, right? I love telling this story. People used to say, I I would tell them, like, the world's changed a lot. Um, If you asked us 20 years ago, like, one of the biggest tenants that your mom told you, never get into a stranger's car. (laughs) <laughs> it's what we do all right? the time, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's such so, a good point. <laughs> I mean, things have completely changed. And so in innovation, we saw like the shift towards the sharing economy, this desire for like deeper, slower, longer travel and experiences. Um, and we knew the growth was happening very early on. So this was like 2017 when we were beginning to do some um, deeper looks there. And that's when we began to see, hey, you know, there's a growth and there's a particular reason why at that time, over a quarter of our customers were leaving a Marriott property and and instead going to rent a home. And so we began to develop new ideas and concepts. We had a, a travel incubator 
one of the uh, startups and it was a property management company. And so we had an incubator. We did it with 1776 and Accenture. Um, they were one of our finalists. We launched a pilot with them. And so when I was leading enterprise innovation, our job was to say, like, what's the newest, greatest, latest thing? What are consumers shifting towards that we need to be mindful of? And how do we test and create new things there? Um, and so we did everything from Alexa and hotel rooms to chatbots. But this one held a pretty special place in my heart, which is like, how do we better respond to this growth and popularity around vacation rentals? And um, and the sharing economy broadly. And we kind of defined, well, there's some things that we're not comfortable with. We're not comfortable with sharing a home with somebody who you don't know, right? And so in the very early stages when we were doing the concept, we were trying to think through, well, like, what is it that's in our core values at Marriott? Then what's the promise that we make to our customers just with a brand? It's a promise around trust. It's a promise around quality. Um, safety, security, all of those things. And then how do you enter a space like this in a way that still holds that promise true to our guests? Yeah. And so we came up with a, a concept with this startup, um, a really pilot, we called it Tribute Portfolio Homes. We launched it in oh, 2018. I think we like built it really fast. Um, and we launched it in 2018 with them. We test, We started in London. We expanded into a few other cities like Paris, Rome, and Portugal, and Lisbon in Portugal. Um, and that worked really well. Like it resonated for our customers. People loved the experience. We loved working with that property management company. Um, and so then we made a pitch to make this like a, it's no longer a pilot. Let's go from idea to a pilot to a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when we pitched Homes and Villas and um, got the approval, I think, December of 2018 in six really intense, crazy months, built it based off that pilot we had. And then we launched Homes and Villas in 2019. And so my journey in Merit has been phenomenal. It's been really about thinking about customers, new products and experiences, new ideas, tests. And then I got the privilege to take this test and build a business out of it. So the target thing, I have to go back to that because I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'm a target. I love that company. <laughs> Thank you for what you did to make me want to shop there incessantly and go right. in one item, go in for one item and come out with a car to stuff I don't need. Yes. Right. So it's <laughs> so not going to like that I've met you now because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I like, what a great, like what a great arc for your life. I mean, just so much, yeah. so much stuff there. So when you, when you did this startup and you pitched it, I mean, again, you, as Alex said, you know, you're, you're a startup within this giant well-established organization. Yep. How did that evolve. And I mean, that had to be pretty daunting to want go, go in and yeah. want to say like, we need to start this whole little business that might be perceived as a conflict. Cause I was, yeah. I was it probably was. At, at yeah. that time. Oh my gosh. Annie, really, really good question. So um, <laughs> first you can't go in there and be like, I think I want to start. You got to go in there. Like we have to be in this business. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Very, very confident uh, with it. Our, <laughs> like I'm yeah. going to share with you data on yeah. why this is going to be um, relevant for us and right yeah. for our guests. And yeah. so um, I think, you know, it, it's interesting because 
um, I do see a difference between entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things that I love about the vacation rental industry is it's so full of people like minded with me, which is mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, like people who mm-hmm. like to start businesses, who evolve, who change, who pivot. Um, I also earned probably with like 10 hard years of like learning how to create new things in a very operationally driven company. Yeah. And I learned lessons very early on, I think. Um, and I had to learn those lessons to get an understanding of true operations in our hotel, an understanding of stakeholder preferences. I remember um, this really like fun and light and what I thought would could be a really easy project early on in my career um, where we were trying to make our hotels more family friendly and encourage more of the kids days, et cetera. And, and, and we said, Hey, look, um, something really simple that we think the hotels can do is just, you guys should do like a milk, just like you do cocktail hours. Sometimes there should be a milk and cookie hour, right? Yeah. Our families <laughs> right before bedtime, get the kids oh, no. in. Yeah, How sweet that. is that? Right. Yeah. Um, and then I learned like early lessons because then someone turned around and they're like, sure, we could do that. But here's what you would need to do. Every cookie would have to be individually packaged and labeled. Oh my gosh. We need to have a staff <laughs> person there standing, distributing right. the cookies to make sure yeah. there was an adult and there weren't any food allergies. You would also have to install a refrigerator to hold the milk, which has to be individually you know, packaged and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then I said, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> By that's the that's, time that's, you that's like why like creative and operations don't normally go together. Right, exactly. <laughs> the execution of it. I had to learn yeah. um, very early on, like here's kind of the complexity of this yeah. organization and here's the complexity of rolling things out. And a lot of your listeners will feel and hear that as well because yeah. you'll, people will come to you with ideas like, why don't you do this for your customers? And it it's complicated to roll out at yeah, scale, yeah. right? In theory, it sounds like something you'd want to do, but the execution of it can be that's very right. difficult. <laughs> and so I learned some very early lessons um, and those were all helpful to me in actually pitching this, what I really think is a game-changing idea. And yeah. um, and you can't pitch it full in its fullest view all at once, right? We um, very early on kind of laid the groundwork for people to, to learn kind of the language of innovation, which is like, let's test, let's learn. Let's small, start small. So if we fail, we fail fast and then we can learn and change and iterate. And so I started small. I started with an idea. I started with a pilot and I started high, right? Yeah. And so um, like, Annie, you, you, you said it, which is like this idea felt really controversial to an industry that hadn't yeah. been yeah. in there before. And so, you know, Stephanie Lenards, who's our current president and Arnie Sorensen, who was our fantastic CEO, um, they knew that they had to be a part of this. They had to really support the growth, the test, the, and they, they knew that if you didn't have for an idea, this kind of controversial, different, it wasn't, it was just different. Right. It was easy when we were saying, Hey, let's build a new brand. That's a hotel. And let's, you know, replicate what we've done, but this was really different. And so um, you start small and then you recognize that if you have an idea that has some controversy around it, you make sure that the leadership is ready to, to stand behind it. And 
And that takes time. Like you have to build the case. You have to be able to give them data that says, you know, 27% of our guests are leaving our, our portfolio to go rent homes. And then I always used to start my presentation <laughs> with how many of you have rented a home? And how many people answered Oh, that number has changed materially. Oh, but gosh, you would yeah. see a yeah. you would see a good number of hands go yeah. up yeah. in the company. And yeah. and that's pretty telling because like when you work with Marriott, you have the most amazing associate rates in our right. hotels. Right. right. Yeah. And so like that's it's not it's amazing. not a financial choice, right? Yeah. Because financially, you probably would do better renting like three home, three rooms, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. it, so it was a product choice. Like it was a yep. choice when I asked people, well, why did you rent a home? And the answer is always, well, we had a big group. We wanted to spend time together. Yeah, it was a family reunion. We call it trip purpose. Yeah. Um, and so you have to make a really good case. And, um, and then you do a little prayer. You know, it's like, you've got to do everything you can do to be ready for it. But then you also have to have a little bit of luck on your side. We'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. Yeah, I use Wheelhouse and I love, love, love Wheelhouse. I feel like it's like a, it's like a Mac version of pricing, right? It's, you can just kind of dive in and start pushing a bunch of stuff. You're not going to break anything, but you can kind of just learn it. And then they have so many great tutorials. And luckily for me, their customer service has been amazing also, which is really important to me. So if I have a question, I can actually get somebody to respond. That's John Hildebrand, owner of Hildy Homes. John opened his business in 2019 and manages a small portfolio of luxury homes in Scottsdale, Arizona, where he prides himself on being able to create a truly five-star guest experience. We asked John what it was like trying to figure out a pricing strategy as a newcomer to the industry. Well, when I first started, I didn't even know any of that stuff exists. I just was doing it all manually. And I'm like, this is so much work to try to figure out pricing all the time. So I did try price labs for a little bit, but for me, it was too PC. It was very complicated. Somebody showed me Wheelhouse and I just kind of dove in and I was like, oh, this is a lot easier. So then I've been using Wheelhouse ever since. There are lots of tools on the market that can help you with pricing and revenue management. So we wanted to know, what impact has Wheelhouse had on John's bottom line? We'll find out later in the show. It's all part of Wheelhouse's Spotlight on Exceptional Property Managers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the heart of all of this comes down to the brand. And obviously Marriott has done an incredible job. And I think you touched on earlier when you were trying to think of what brands you would want to work for and and Marriott came to mind. I can understand that feeling. I mean, Marriott really is just, in my mind, is just such a respected company. And I've read so much about Bill Marriott and and Arnie Sorensen um, and just, just the leadership team and how they built the business. It's just, it's very intriguing to me. And I think how they've expanded into these multiple different hotel brands has been really interesting that there are so many times now that I travel that I book something and then I don't even realize it's Marriott until I get there because it's Moxie or, or, you know, there's so many different, different versions now that um, it's really interesting, but the way that you've tied it together, I think it makes a lot of sense. And it makes sense why you brought Hums and Villas onto, you know, into that whole family of brands, because people that love Marriott, they want to book with Marriott. And if you don't give them those options, you have the 
potential of losing that customer, right? So it's really That's listening good. to your customers, what they're asking for, and knowing that you know bookings are are situational. I, my husband and I, when we travel, we'd mostly stay in hotels because it's just the two of us. But right. if we're going somewhere with a group of friends, then we'll book you know a cabin or a beach home. So having those options and making it easy, uh, especially through your rewards program, it just it brings all of it full circle. But I, I'm sure that. The early days were a little bit chaotic, <laughs> and I think, <laughs> to say the least, right? That's to say the least. Yeah, there were some long nights yeah. and a lot of technology um, glitches, but we got there. Yeah, and the, the technology. We'll get to that in a second too, because that, that's a whole other whirlwind. But yeah. I, I, from from the outside, it seems like the biggest difference between the two. There's a lot of similarities to. I mean, Mar- Marriott is a, essentially a franchise model company. You don't own these hotels are very, very few of them, right? There's just only a handful. Yeah. So Less than a it's a similar concept, but the main difference is if you're looking at a property management company, they're kind of like one of your franchises, but the difference is that you don't have full control over it, right? So you are part of their distribution, which is different than a franchise where, you know, you really have oversight onto pretty much every part of the business. But that would be kind of my next segment is how, how what was that process like learning how you're going to bring property managers into the ecosystem and just what were the biggest surprises when you started having those conversations and pulling the properties in. And I know there's been a lot of revelations, but like what, how did that, how did that process go? (laughs) Um, Well, you know, one of the things which I love, Alex, is you really understood the nuance of our business model, which is different than any other competitor out there. Right. We, only work with professional property management companies. Right. That is our differentiator. It's our position. It is how we see success. And we did build that model off of what we do with our franchisees, Mm -hmm. right? And so in some ways, um, this idea that we had, which is at its heart, like we build the brand, we build the channels, we have the customer base, And then we build the standards. These are the things we expect our partners to do. And then we go out and find the best partners in the world to be able to to do that. And they work with us and we grow together. Um, Now, one of the things you said, which um, I I was like, oh, that would be so nice, which is like our hotel franchisees, we have full control over. Not the case. (laughs) Oh, you don't? Okay. (laughs) In theory. (laughs) Not the case in theory, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But what what is true, though, is like they fly a hard flag. That is like it's the aloft or it's the residence in or it's the West in, whatever that may be. Whereas in this model, so we have a similar model, which is our job is to, and we're in the marketplace very intentionally as a hospitality company, which is very different than our competitors who are tech companies. And as a tech company, their promise is like, we're going to create a marketplace that brings demand and supply together. And we're going to do our best in kind of facilitating with that, with the technology. That's not our position. Our position is we're going to curate the best homes and the best partners from a professional property management perspective to support you for For a great stay for our guests. Right. And we're going to curate that. 
Um, and so we go through kind of the process of trying to find kind of best partners. And it is while we take inspiration from our franchise model, I'd say like the model that we have in Hemson Villas is a much lighter version of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Our franchise agreements are hundreds of pages long. Yeah. Our standards are fairly <laughs> exhausting, right? Um, and so, um, and what's so funny is I laugh and I say, even though we know it's a lot version relative to the industry <laughs> oh, it yeah. may still feel like heavy. You're just kind of sitting in the middle of in some ways. Um, yeah. And so we we have a model where we believe strongly that um, professional property managers really are fantastic in the work they do. And I spent a lot of time during the early phases of our pilot before the pilot doing the research, spending time with property managers, walking the houses, following on operations, looking at the back of the house. How do you manage keys? How do you manage um, linen deployment? And um, I think one of the things that we recognize early on is it is not the same as running a hotel. No, um, (laughs) it is completely different. And so it is one thing to have, you know, I often talk about it and I still think the same thing applies for us, right? In a good hotel, housekeeping is the backbone of the hotel. Yeah. If you don't have really great housekeeping, you have nothing. Everything kind of yeah. falls apart around yeah. it. You can have great marketing, but if you don't have people that are doing the operations and the housekeeping, you have nothing. Yeah. Cleanliness is like king, right? Yeah. And so we have that same principle and I would watch our partners. And so this is why my background on studying people and customers and loving to see how things work. We spent a lot of time with our partners watching the day-to-day learning and seeing their expertise. And we appreciated the fact that it is not at all like what hotels do. Like in hotels, sometimes you have a housekeeping staff who's phenomenal and they've been at your hotel for a dozen years and they've cleaned that same room for mm-hmm. a dozen years. And you got, you know, linen getting deployed all within a staff in that building. It's a very different proposition when you've got, you know, dozens of homes across Myrtle Beach And those homes are like 10 plus bedrooms and you need to deploy a team and then you need to get linens and you need to get equipment from place to place. And so I think one of the things that was very like true to kind of how we think about innovation and creating new things is we got very tight with our professional property management partners. We watched, Mm -hmm. we toured, we observed, we spent time um, and we, we saw that was quite different. And then we adjusted our expectations. Right. And we said, you know, there are some things for which Marriott brings a lot of expertise, and that is around brands and building standards and ensuring safety and understanding our customer. But then there are other things that we think our property manager partners are much better at. They bring the history and the expertise, and that's the model that we're going to do. And we frankly need to celebrate the ones who do it really well. Yeah. Um, elevate the ones we think are really close, but not quite there yet. Um, And then, you know, recognize that there are going to be some partners that we won't ever work with. Um, And that's okay, because, you know, there's a match for every type of product. Um, And so when we started working with those partners and sharing kind of insights, I think, you know, the biggest ahas and the early ahas was how different some elements Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. of that businesses yeah. and how we needed to make adjustments to really accommodate those. Like when you get to a hotel and you want to check in early or check out yeah. late. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not that hard. <laughs> can't do that. Right? right. Yeah. Can't do yeah. that when it comes to no. homes and we can't force that. 
right? Yeah. We can't say, hey, I've got a titanium member and they want to check in early. Doesn't work. I wish we could offer those things easily or more easily, you know, because I mean, gosh, we get FOMO reading all the articles about how we can, you know, better use upsells and and things of that nature, but it's really not as executable within vacation rentals as it is in hotels, but, and especially, I mean, a lot of the destinations that you're in, those are Saturday turn day locations. So it's like on Saturdays in the summer, we're turning 500 condos. So, uh, you know, the, the operations that goes behind that is, is really it's quite incredible, but I really think you hit it on the mark that it's the experience that has built property managers over the years by, by, by trying and failing and getting, you know, sometimes our, sometimes our processes, they might seem from the outside that they're not, you know, the perfect standards, but really they get the job done. And it's every, every company does things differently. That's the really hard part too. And just because one company does it differently, doesn't mean that it could still be delivering the same level of service, but it's just how it go, how it's been built behind it could be different versus hotels. There's yes. so much more that is standard on, on the back end of how it operates. Well, and that's part of like, if you think about our, what we call our select service hotels, like the residences, mm-hmm. the courtyards, those are prototypes. Yeah, so yeah. they're the same product yeah, replicated right. yeah. in many parts of the world. Um, whereas, you know, we are like snowflakes, Every house is different and it is like, sometimes you, know, you can't like, it's really great when you have a, a housekeeping team that knows a home, right. Yeah. And is consistent with that home. Cause they you know, will know that cobwebs tend to collect and leaves yeah. tend to collect in this corner of the balcony that looks terrible when the guest gets there. So I'm going to make sure that's taken care of. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so different. Um, but, you know, on the balance, we also hear from our property management companies, like they still want to learn. They know we have 95 years of hospitality experience. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And there are things that, you know, we have done over the, the past few years, like we um, have a deep relationship with Ecolab. So we did, right when COVID happened, a big educational workshop on like, what does it mean to clean in the age of COVID? Right. What are the yeah. right type of chemicals and what's the right yeah. method? We've had classes or sessions that we've done with specific property managers. When they get some cleanliness challenges on scores, we can support them with like a housekeeping kind of refresh. And we get experts in that tell you like, for your housekeeping team, here's the path that is the most efficient for how they go about and clean a house. And so those partners can take those tips and apply them or choose to say, you know what, that's a really good tip, but it doesn't necessarily fit. Um, our job is to kind of share the information and hopefully elevate the way our partners operate. You know, one um, one thing I think that would be really interesting, and, and I had worked at a Marriott Resort years ago when in my hotel days in the 90s. And one of the things I loved about working for Marriott was the training that we got, like the, the customer service training and the sales training and all the different aspects of it. And it would be really great if that was something that you could offer. Because I know that you talk to property managers and everybody has a hard time retaining staff. But I think it's also about training that staff and training them efficiently and understanding the various ways to train them. And I think that they just get so mired in the details of running the business that it, that that's something that they maybe don't they want to do, but they don't focus on or have the, the time to do it. So your partners can probably access you know, some of oh. that. Marriott is just like the best at, at those skill sets. And we have like, this is the beauty of being like their pros and cons being part of a big enterprise. Um, Cons are sometimes things move a little slower, but pros are we have world-class 
world-class experts. And so we have world-class experts at building interactive training. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we have world-class experts at service. I mean, for goodness sakes, we have the Ritz Carlton, right? And they have a full like institute on how you deliver service. And so um, one of the things that we are often thinking about, and we're not quite there yet, right? We've been, these are all the opportunities that we have is how do we bring more service driven courses and make those available because we know there's some truths in hospitality service that we have that I don't think are quite as um, in place within the vacation rental industry, right? And so um, it's this notion like we know from being in hotels that when something goes wrong, service recovery is critical mm-hmm. and that when you recover that error, that customer will give you a higher score than if they had not had that problem. And so we know the value of service recovery. Um, But I don't know that in the vacation rental industry that we're quite there yet, right? Because when Mm -hmm. something goes wrong, it's like, oh my goodness, I got to get such and such out and, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, And it's just, I think some of it's like logistics, it's operations, it's staffing model. But there are things that are truths that I think are truths across industry Mm -hmm. and service recovery and how you care for your customers, I think is a big one. That's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. In our our business, at least, I can say the exact same thing that honestly, some of the best reviews that I read are something that went wrong and how we handled it. And that's a really good way to look at it, especially in today's day and age where a lot of guests don't check in at your office anymore. So unless something goes wrong, it's almost like you're, it's like a blessing in disguise when something goes wrong because it gives you that opportunity to to fix it. But um, it's, yeah, I, I, I think overall just there seems to me just to be a really big opportunity for Marriott to help our whole industry from the communication and the conversation standpoint of, how do we how do we learn from you? How do we work together? I mean, I think it's when you came in, I remember when you presented in uh, New Orleans in 2019, oh, I think wow. that was like the official launch, right? That was the official that, launch. That you did a great job. <laughs> I remember oh. <laughs> watching that presentation being like, gosh, they have nailed it with this. Like it, there's just so much that makes sense about it. But I think our industry has been pretty welcoming to what you've put together and knowing that there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value for companies to say to their homeowners that they're partners with Marriott. I mean, that's like, Oh boy. Cause they can't do that on their own. Right. No. (laughs) And there's so many, I can't tell you how many times I get a bomb boy um, customer who is so excited. They're like, my house made it on your platform. Or I have a brother who has a house in Myrtle beach and they're on. And so they want to figure out if they can get a picture with a logo. And they'll be like, yeah. True, but I mean, it is fantastic, and that's because like people are proud. It's the brand that we built, yeah. As a company, it's the standards, yeah. Yeah, It is. Yeah, I have a friend that travels. um, She works for a government contractor, so she travels constantly, and so she's Mm -hmm. accruing her Bonvoy points all over the place. And when um, the company Lexicon that I work for, our channel manager, when we started working with Marriott, she was like, okay. So can you help me find a place? Am I allowed to use my points? How does this work? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It really, it yeah. really became a game changer for her because there are some trips where she, um, before her daughter went to college, she took her daughter on some trips together so they could just, you know, experience these towns oh. like Arizona, like Sedona and those type of things. And she was like, it'd be so great if I could bring my whole family 
on these trips in the summer. And so they've done some of that now where they she's been able to take the whole family to be able to rent because it, otherwise oh, they would have yeah. got 10 boys and a girl and multiple it. logistically. It's just hard to do all that. So it was a game changer for her. And, and just oh the, 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 the surprise and delight every time that she was able to use those points and oh, it's just such a great one. That's so good. I love that. It reminds me of the story when I actually felt like I made it. Um, and so <laughs> I was at home and I think like our cable had gone down or something. And this was just a couple of years ago. We were like a few months past the pandemic. And so maybe Homes and Villas was maybe a year old, a year and a half old. Um, and I had um, a female cable kind of repair person come in. And she and I were just chatting and she's like, oh, you work at Marriott? And I was like, oh yeah, I work at Marriott. She's like, you would not believe I had the most awesome experience. Like my son and I were going to do a trip away um, to Vegas at one of your hotels, but then the pandemic hit and we weren't really comfortable and they have this amazing new product called Homes and Villas. And so I took my, um, <laughs> oh, and so I great. used that, I that to book that home. And so she didn't know what I did at Marriott. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I was like, how did you like it? And I prayed, and she's like, it was great. And then, but I never told her what I did, Yeah, yeah. but like, that was when I felt like I made it as a business. Like yeah, when my cable yeah. woman came and was like, there was this awesome well, product that Merit's offering. And now I, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. Well, it validated, it validated what you wanted to do. And that it that's was right. Great. Yeah. And so, that's great. Uh, you know, so one fun. of the things that we talk about a lot is just, I mean, the overall brand of the professionally managed vacation rental industry and how we have just been kind of grouped into Airbnb, just whether you're professionally managed or not, and the implications that that's had, um, it, you know, trying to be proactive and positive on how we re- reframe that um, that opinion and just the the story of what we tell. How can Marriott help help with that? You know, like how how can we figure out a way that Marriott's a big brand too, right? Yeah. And I mean, obviously Airbnb is huge, but you guys, if anybody can can help us in a way that is you know mutually beneficial, I feel like it, it would be a Marriott. But do you have any thoughts on on how yeah. we how we brand the industry since you guys are so good at it and make it into its own its own thing? Yeah, I think um, it goes a little bit about back to kind of the core identity. Mm-hmm. Um, my identity in homes and villas is this is a hospitality business at the end of the day it's not a yeah. tech business right yeah. and I think the vacation rental industry and its heart is really about hospitality it's about care for your guests and taking care of people when they're on probably a vacation they've been saving up for for many years yeah. and it's yeah. probably a really important vacation um and so I do think that there is a lot of value in making sure that you um, you continue to think about hospitality at the forefront. And there's a lot of um, hype these days sometimes like with tech and growth and scale and all of those things yeah. that become important and has made the vacation rental industry kind of short-term rentals is the fastest growing sector within the accommodations. Right. And yeah. it's easy for um, kind of the media and the analysts to think about it as, you know, all these tech startups and yeah. you're going to suddenly come up with an app where you know, nobody Ever. Yeah, exactly. Like, and right? you can scale <laughs> yeah. to a million. I haven't right? seen it happen yet, but it's not no. in theory. <laughs> and so yeah. I think that that gets um, 
sometimes distracting from yeah. the core of what the industry really needs to be about. And that is about taking care of guests in a way that is consistent, reliable, human, right? Um, yeah. And so I think like, uh, if anything, that's what I would encourage the industry or the collective of us yeah. to say, like, yeah. this is what we're about. We're about hospitality. Yeah, um, We're not about the tech that just exists like at the end of the day yeah. these are humans these are people's homes um, right. that they're going to have great great experiences for you so that's what i would encourage we'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor wheelhouse the ultimate revenue driving machine but wheelhouse for me has been game changer i mean i probably make 30 40 percent more revenue and, and definitely get a lot more bookings because of it. We're back with John Hildebrand from Hildy Homes. Revenue management still requires a human touch and it helps to have an outside source to validate your thinking. How does Wheelhouse's support help John know if he's making the right pricing decisions? Mostly I just talk strictly with the customer service over there. I'm like, yeah. hey, my one property is kind of slow. Am I doing something wrong? Can you mind looking at it, my pricing? And they're usually pretty amazing. They'll jump in, they'll look at it. They're like, okay, you know, it's really saturated right now and you're in a slow market uh, this time of month, but the next two months, it looks like it's going to pick up. Wheelhouse is offering listeners at this podcast 50% off your first two months. Go to usewheelhouse.com and enter promo code AlexAnnie or contact them and mention this podcast. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I feel like there's such an opportunity there because you touched on it earlier. I mean, it looks like it's easier or it's easy to come in and put an app in place that can eliminate the people there. And I think there's a lot yeah. of the investors and the new people that are getting into this new thing called short-term rentals, which we know it's not new. And they are just assuming, okay, we can go in and we can streamline processes by using technology that these mom yeah. and pops have not been doing. And so inherently that's going to make a better guest experience, but I, I doubt that that really has not come to fruition in the same way that we're all able to deliver hospitality. And I think that's, wow. that's where with Marriott's background as a hospitality company, that's, these are the conversations we need to be having to really yeah. make that click. Those folks who are saying that probably haven't been stuck outside a home. <laughs> right. Exactly. And the yeah. Wi-Fi is down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and you know, you're in a really tough place if you can't get in touch with anybody to say, cause like things like that yeah. happen all the time. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have like a lifeline to say, Hey, look to the property management company, I need some help. Or sometimes if they can't reach the property management company, they reach us. And so right. for as at homes and villas, like our customers know that we're there as a safety net. And yeah. so things aren't always flawless. We try and design it and we have great partners who try and get there, but stuff happens. And that's yeah. why we're here to help in terms of just, you know, catching folks when something unexpected happens. Yeah. So, so in that, in, in, in not being perfect, but you're as close to perfect as we could possibly imagine somebody coming in this is doing, not being in it for a very long time. What do you think are like some of the opportunities and maybe struggles and challenges that you've had um, in building homes and villas, not only just, you know, again, a complementary style business within a business, yeah. a woman presenting this business in a oh. Hospitality is a fairly male-dominated industry. It is a male-dominated industry. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, what's interesting when you come into the space is 
it from a business perspective, and you all, I'm sure, have been in companies that feel this way. Like people want to know if you're going to succeed and what your long term plan is at the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and, it's just and so, right like, yeah, sometimes their, their long term plan is making it till tomorrow. <laughs> right. And so, um, I often talk, talk about like, I'm a toddler, I'm a three and a half year old, yeah. and um, I've changed a lot in the last three and a half years, and I've done it hopefully for the better because I've learned from great partners out there. Um, and so I think one of the challenges is like, we grew, we came in and we grew fast because we knew when we started, we had 2,000 homes. That's not enough. Right. And we yeah. <laughs> we had millions of customers all over so the world. Yeah. Right. And they're like, yeah. okay, I want to go to, you know, um Port Aransas, which we didn't have a hotel in Port Aransas, but right. we had a lot of Texans yeah. um who are part of our members. And and if we only had like 20 homes in Port Aransas and you wanted to go during like a peak season when kids were out of school and you wanted a pool, you weren't happy. So like we quickly learned, okay, 2000 is not enough. Um, and so yeah, yeah. we got to grow to be able to <laughs> yeah. respond to our customers' needs and be in places where they want to go and then enough depth. And I think that that was a real fast lesson we learned, right? And then we quickly said, all right, like our technology is not at the level that we need it to be. We can't, we need to broaden our opportunities and begin to scale. And so I think we took that as the second opportunity and said, okay, how do we not only grow supply, which is the homes we have in the right places, but also make our technology better to make that growth a little bit easier. Um, We continue to grow. We're a global business. Um, We just launched some pretty stunning homes in Kuala Lumpur and the Netherlands. And, you know, I want to be able to like, whether you're a U.S. citizen that wants to go over to Asia Pacific or to Europe, or if you're European who wants to come to the U.S., I want to be able to be in all the places that you're at, that you want to go to. And so that's a big opportunity for us. And I think the other big opportunity is with growth and fast growth is we always have to continue to monitor the quality component, right? Mm-hmm. Our business got built on three big insights and pain points that customers told us. Customers came to us and they said, hey, look, I want a home, but every time I search, thousands of things come back and I can't figure out what's good and what's not good. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why we curate. And then the second thing they said is like, and when I do book these homes, I'm booking on behalf of a bunch of friends from college or my extended family. And if I mess up and we arrive at that home and it doesn't look like what the picture said, they're all going to yeah. look at me. Absolutely. As the person. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, bit, it's a big role. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then the third thing was like, they were telling us, look, I'm afraid that when something goes wrong and I'm at the home, there's no one that's going to help me because the person I rented it from is now at a ski trip and unavailable. Yeah. Right? And so we built that business on those three insights. We need to make sure as we continue to grow the business in terms of scale, that we are still staying true to those customer insights, like those promises yeah. that we make to solve pain points for our guests, continue to kind of be true in our business. Otherwise it's, you know, you lose your purpose. Right. Yeah. And so that is the big thing. I think the other thing, like being a woman in this industry is um, definitely different, you know, and being in the hospitality industry is one thing going into a new industry, like short-term rentals, that's pretty kind of, it's a small world. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody else. Yeah, um, it really and, is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's interesting. You have to be confident in what you stand for and your values. 
Um, and recognize that, you know, there may be folks out there sometimes, and I conflate the two, but I don't necessarily think that they're totally different that may say, Hmm, I don't know if she knows totally what she's talking about, or Mm -hmm. does she really understand the industry? And so, um, I get challenged to like, do those questions get posed to male leaders who enter an industry? Right. 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 Yeah. And so I think, you know, really understanding who you are, what your values are, what your business is about, what you hold firm, I think is important. Um, I think really being collaborative, understanding that just because we're married, doesn't mean we're the smartest folks in the room. It means like you've got great partners out there. Let's listen to them and let's understand. And so I think it's a balance of both of those. You have to go in confident and understand your values and be sure of kind of what you stand for and what your business means and what's kind of your North star. Yeah. And then also being really humble and understanding like, yeah, this is an area that we're learning and growing and we're continuing to refine as we go. So I try and navigate using both of those. Yeah, and I think that's being a woman tips. well together yeah. is definitely um, it's different. I you yeah. know. Well, I th- and I, and I think you Merritt has done a really great job of being that vulnerable and being honest and humble about things that I don't think when you came in it seemed like you were saying you knew everything about this and you had been planning this and plotting for years that this was going to you know take over the whole industry, but. I think you've made changes to the program you know, throughout the years, and that's been based on the feedback that you've gotten from property managers, which that shows you know, the, the intent and the willingness to work with all of us. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you've made it clear, Marriott's not going to go out and buy a bunch of homes. So if you want the product, you have to be able to work with the people that are cultivating that product and build those relationships that are mutually beneficial. So I think your approach to it is, is excellent, but uh, you're, you're an incredibly inspiring leader. And one other question I wanted to ask was, I mean, before target and what, what got you, how did, how did you even get there? I mean, like, what did you have role models or mentors along your journey that have, mm-hmm. have pushed you and, and motivated you? You know, it's been interesting. I like, I've had the most eclectic set of role models <laughs> in the world, right? Like my very first one um, is this tiny British MD PhD man who like focused on quality. <laughs> and he's the one that, that like taught me the fundamentals of like great process, great systems, great structure. Yeah, um, and then as I got through kind of my career, I've had many women leaders who I look to who, um, you know, I watch everyone's style and at every job I pick up, like here are the two or three things that I'd love that this person does. And that I really want to bring into kind of my ethos. I've often chosen jobs for people, the leader. Mm -hmm. I choose to go based on where I think there's somebody that I can learn from. Um, My my path to this role and this life, you know, has been very wiggly. When I was in college, I studied biology and art history, neither of which are (laughs) particularly relevant relevant to what I do today, (laughs) other than my just personal passions. But um, there is something about just really like when you look at people, people get so caught up sometimes in what I call the corporate ladder or the career ladder. Like, how do I get from manager to senior manager to director and then Mm -hmm. keep going up? 
I didn't get so wrapped up about it. I really thought about now, absolutely. Am I ambitious? Yes. Am I ambitious about what I can do and what my business can do and what our company can do for our guests? Yes. Um, But I wasn't very focused on being an expert in one thing and getting up that ladder really fast. I kind of took the time to say like, what do I love doing? What brings me joy? And then how do I bring together a team of people who have the same values, who care about customers, who care about our guests, who care about partners, and how do I build and like an ecosystem? Because life's too short to not love your job and not love the people that you work with. And so totally agree. <laughs> you know, the goal is to get to a position where you can like create that for yourself or be a part of that. And so in my career choice, I've often thought about like, do I love what I'm doing every day? Do I find purpose in it? Do I love the people I'm working for? And yeah. can I learn from that particular leader? And so that's just what guides me. And then I took a really wiggly path, but it's it's worked out well. That's yeah, a perfect, wonderful advice. I mean, people yeah. and purpose, <laughs> you know, that's what it yeah. really comes down to. But Oh, awesome. I also talked a lot about the signs, like it, you just recognize the signs along the way that kind of lead you down the path, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a straight path to get you where you are. Oh, right. And it's the benefit of hindsight that you realize all of those pieces were put in your path for exactly the reason that you needed them now. Yeah. So you can't, you can't way, connect the dots until you're looking yeah, back. Until it's <laughs> yeah. But totally I, right. What would you tell, what would you tell your, I think I saw that you went to University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Did you grow okay. up in Virginia? I did. I'm a double who. I went to oh, UVA wow. twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I, grew, I, grew wow. I grew up in Virginia and so I have a lot of friends that went to UVA and like, uh-huh. and I will say that all the girls that came out of UVA, very driven, very passionate, very um, amazing, all amazing women. So whatever they it's taught a great, It's a great school for sure. The water they put in there, but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really good. I mean, and then Annie, what you said, I mean, that's one thing I would tell people, like, as you look at other like junior female leaders that are coming up, sometimes when you're in the woods, you can't see the forest from the trees. You can't yeah. connect the dots. And yeah. that's when a really good mentor is there to help you to say, all right, take a step back and look yeah. about like what makes yeah. you happy, what has the highest growth potential. And, and those are the types of things that I think are really important, not just for other female leaders, but all the people who all, you yeah, all with, leaders and like, all people. Yeah. Yeah. Step back and kind of help people connect the dots for them because, you know, I'm fortunate to have had the wisdom of lots of wiggly paths and things where I've like done things that I retrospectively, Oh, that probably wasn't like time well spent. And and then other things, which is like, wow, that really worked out. Yeah. That catapulted (laughs) you where you are. It all made you who you are and the great leader you are. And so you've helped us connect a lot of dots um, to you and to Marriott and, and your experience. And we can't thank you enough for your time and we know you're very busy and you've got a lot going on. And I believe we will see you soon in, in Vegas at the VRMA. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. We're excited about that. Oh, but great. if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Reach me on LinkedIn, or okay. you can feel free to always email me. It's jennifer.shay at marriott.com. Perfect. Great. We will include that in the uh, show notes. And if anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to alexandanniepodcast.com. And Jenny, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And we look forward to seeing you next month, just in a couple of weeks, actually, at BRMA. So thank Sounds you again. Good. I've really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you both.
Thank you. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time.